0: Good listeners, welcome to the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. Marissa Pitts and I were beyond stoked because this is our season finale. We did it, fam! I mean, this has been such a crazy month. Yeah. Obviously, everybody's in the same lockdown as we've all been, but to kind of kick off the show, I love doing this because on this day, forever enshrined three years ago, the Los Angeles Lakers retired number eight and number 24 we love you, Kobe. It's still unreal to think that you're gone.
1: I know that's, it's it's, the biggest, that's
0: probably one of the biggest devastations I've at least felt in 2020, but, and this was pretty bad as well on this day in 1972, newly elected Senator Joe Biden lost his wife and baby daughter to an awful car crash when a trailer tractor crashed into their station wagon, which is very very unfortunate but i also wanted to give a shout out because i'm currently reading his book right now so this is a shameless plug happy birthday keith richards i love this book it's so i good. heard <laughs> oh my god so i have good. to borrow
1: that book from you i don't care i'll like dust it off from COVID. Of course, because, um, but i have to borrow that book from you i heard it
0: is so good it's- it's beyond good i mean if you want to get a really good insight i mean a lot of the stuff that's happening in the music industry back then is very relevant right now in 2020 highly recommend picking up this book the man himself guitar icon turned 77 today so hopefully he has a big birthday bash but we have a great show for everybody out there today because our striker court artist is returning to the chris collins show millennial talk show that is nashville artist brandon lee harris and also if you haven't seen our brand new youtube episode drop featuring rapper yt will well it's live so like right after this show check it out then but now we got a show to get going on so marissa it's time to rock and roll That's right. This is just talking and Marissa and I are going to be discussing all the daily scoop that has been making breaking news throughout this week. And let's get right on into it because Lizzo, the truth hurts singer receives backlash from fans online for posting videos to social media, revealing that she had recently completed a smoothie detox. So some fans are accusing her of buying into the diet culture.
1: You talk so quickly. You didn't let me do any of my stuff.
0: No, it's all good. Because we (laughs) wanted to actually show you the clip of Lizzo responding back to her fans.
2: The 10-Day Smoothie Detox. And as you know, I would normally be so afraid and ashamed to post things like this online. Because I feel like as a big girl, people just expect if you are doing something for health, you're doing it for like a dramatic weight loss And that is not the case. Um, In reality, November stressed me the fuck out. I drank a lot. I ate a lot of spicy things and things that fucked my stomach up. And I wanted to reverse it and get back to where I was. I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of my results. Um, My sleep has improved, my hydration, my inner peace, my mental stability, my fucking body, my fucking skin, the whites of my eyes. Like I feel and look like a bad bitch. And I think like, that's it. I'm a big girl who did a smoothie detox and I wanted to share that with you guys. I got exactly what I wanted out of it. And every big girl should do whatever the fuck they want with their bodies.
0: I mean, she said it herself. She's a big bitch and she can do whatever the hell she wants with her own body. But can I, I have to just mention, because I, I find the hypocrisy in all this because two months ago, nobody was speaking to this volume when Adele lost all that crazy weight. But when Lizzo participates for a ten day smoothie detox, she gets thrashed up. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, here's
1: I mean, as in our society, like a lot of societies do, um, fat people are picked on. Whether well, they can almost do no right, no matter what they're doing. They're going to be picked on. You're not losing weight correctly. You're eating all this food. And some of her fans don't want to see her lose any weight. They want her to eat that deep fried chicken and all that other kind of <laughs> stuff, right? I've, I've seen the comments, you know what I mean? So I'm not making this up. I can just say, you know what, Lizzo, do whatever, whatever you want, whether you're making money on that detox smoothie or not, do it. But there are health risks to detoxes period
0: but i do but my thing was when i watched it i actually go i watched the detox videos it actually made me sort of want to try it because (laughs) i'm such a basic white girl over here like if i eat anything spicy i'll start flaming up i know during the lockdown i've been drinking a little bit too much and i know a lot of other listeners have been as well so i was like you know it's the end of the year i kind of want to try this but my thing is they never You'll never hear this about a fat-ass male celebrity. <laughs> it's just unfortunate that Lizzo has to take the crap. So, hey, you go, girl. If you want to be a big, fat bitch like you're saying, leave me alone. You do your thing, girl. I think that's I think that's very, very powerful. And that's right. We're going to be moving right on into this. I like this kind of music because it reminds me of those, like, really sappy political shows that you see on YouTube. I like, love
1: it. I'm like,
0: hey. But <laughs> right. get this because the progressive firebrand Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, during a podcast interview on The Intercept, said it's time for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer to go, but warned of a power vacuum that could be filled by quote, nefarious forces who are even more conservative than their caucuses' current leaders. So let's roll that tape of AOC.
3: Are you ready to
0: say
4: Pelosi and Schumer need to go?
1: I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, and the question is like this year, for example, the hesitancy that I have is that I I want to make sure that if we're pointing people in a direction that we have a plan. And my concern, and this I acknowledge as a failing, as something that we need to sort out, is that there isn't a plan. How do we fill that vacuum? Because if you create that vacuum, there are so many nefarious forces at play to fill that vacuum with something even worse.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I have to agree with AOC on this one because I feel like we need to see... More leadership of people that look like us, our age, Mm. millennials. So that's why I've always had this firm agreement, this stance, where we need term limits. (laughs) We ever want to see that happen? What do you think? We
1: so need term limits, but the problem is, like, I'm almost. Isn't it like, doesn't Senate have to agree and Congress agree to term limits? And ain't nobody gonna say (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead and kick the gift horse of all taxpayers' money to do nothing for my job in the face. Um, so I don't know how we're ever gonna see well, problems. maybe
0: it might be our generation that ends up starting this uh, this trend. Like yeah, maybe in twenty or twenty-five years, we I'm might have to it, be the I'm ones- gonna
1: call it here today, right? In 30 years from now. When we're still <laughs> talking about term limits, AOC is gonna be crickets. Quick, 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 because she doesn't want to lose that money. Come on now. Well, it's really interesting <laughs> to think
0: that you know, uh, there's this this huge split even between the Democratic Party, especially when we got a new president-elect, Joe Biden coming on in. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? Because I feel like millennials voted in large numbers against Donald Trump just because they hate them. I don't really think that they actually know the politics of what Joe wants or even what Trump ever wanted. Uh, What's your thought on all Um, this?
1: I think that a lot of people, not even just youth, just in general, have no idea what they're voting for. They don't look up ballots. They don't look up the people, the judges who are being out there, let alone president. And some people are feeling pressured. I mean, I'll be honest with myself. I voted third party um, because I don't like Biden's policies. I can't stand Trump. But if I had lived in a swing state, I would have probably voted Biden just not to have possibly Trump. Those are my viewpoints because of my thing. I mean, it's kind of one of those where it's like, but I researched. And if you're just going to pick Biden or just pick Trump or whatever because a family member says it or you're afraid of your friends, that's a problem.
0: It is. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely think when people view someone like if you put AOC together and let's say Candace Owens, who's really represents that conservative party, you got a lot of the youth that will look at Candace and go, you're just a talks person, whatever Mm -hmm. your politics don't really mean anything. And then they look at AOC and they go, she's a congresswoman. So I'm always going to take the lead in her direction on everything. And hey, she's got a huge influence on everybody because she did have the third highest Twitch stream with 400,000 people tuning in to support the youth. Going both. yeah, this is getting a little trippy. like this. And all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Because (laughs) the most anticipated video game of the year, Cyberpunk 2077, left gamers who get their hands on a PS5 or Xbox Series X Are feeling cheated i mean developers or cd project red for the last two years have been promoting that their game will be compatible for the ps4 and xbox one but obviously that wasn't the case as video gamers shared their experience playing the broken game on xbox one and playstation 4. so we got a few of those funny gems that have been surfacing across the web you always know (laughs) they're gone (laughs) 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 yeah so as (laughs) you can just tell by a little bit of those clips that cd project red publicly apologized and directed dissatisfied players to request refunds through Microsoft and Sony's official channels. But gamers became stonewalled as no special Mm. refund policies were in place. But then again, late last night, Sony removed Cyberpunk 2077 from the PS store. That means even though your PlayStation 5 can play Cyberpunk 2077, Sony's already decided to oust the video game completely from their service. Some video gamers are calling this censorship. What are your thoughts on this, Marissa? Because uh, I feel, why would you drop a broken video game if you knew it was broken? Look, like, okay, that's what just, drives me nuts.
1: This just shows, once again, that corporations are in control. Because they were like, hey, this is a great idea. This can play across consoles, think about how much money we're gonna make, how many more audiences. Then it wasn't going through. And instead of being honest, And be like, hey, man, this game is only going to work for this. Here's your refund. They're like, eh, who's really going to complain? Well, the game was supposed
0: to drop in (laughs) April. Then they delayed it. And then June. (laughs) Then September. Then November. Then December comes around. And it's got the highest pre-orders ever. Eight million people, right? I think Mm -hmm. there's less than five million people right now with the PS5. So most people bought it on their consoles and i don't want to hear this stupid ass debate where everybody's like well your seven-year-old console how do you expect that to survive well i just played last of us part two uh goes to Tsushima. um they've had all these beautiful video games that have dropped out and you're telling me that this game can't play on a ps4 they broke they put this game out knowing it was broken and it's a damn shame and yeah. i better not see this game get video game of the year if this game gets video game of the year, I'm gonna flip out. <laughs> here's,
1: here's some skill cool music, Chris. Here's some skill cool music. But I for hope
0: you. we start rope-a-doping anytime soon because
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we got a
0: crazy call out. Ropa
1: doping. I love it. We got that. a rope-doping I haven't baby. heard that in forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we got a huge call out that just happened because YouTuber Jake Paul is trying to capitalize on his initial success in the boxing ring by challenging former UFC champion Conor McGregor. So channeling his inner McGregor in a profane insulting rant posted on social media, Paul publicly challenged McGregor and offered him $50 million to fight in a boxing match.
3: What the fuck is up, you Irish cunt? Good morning, Conor McGregor. I know you're probably beating up old dudes in a bar right now, or maybe you're jacking off because you're sick of fucking your wife. I mean, she's a four, Conor. You could do a lot better, but happy Monday. My team sent you a $50 million offer this morning. $50 million cash, proof of funds, the biggest fight offer you've ever been offered, but you're scared to fight me, Conor. You're ducking me because you don't want to lose to a fucking YouTuber. You're 0-1 as a boxer. I'm 2-0 as a boxer. I just came off the 8th biggest pay-per-view event in history, but you want to fight Dustin Prober, who has less followers on Instagram than my fucking dog. That's a fact. And Dana White, you're a fucking pussy too, you ugly fucking bald bitch. You said there's 0% (laughs) chance of this fight happening, but there's 0% chance of you getting some fucking pussy. Connor, you're scared. Dana, you're scared. Sign the fucking contract, you idiots. Jesus fucking Christ. Irish bitch (laughs) well you know Marissa (laughs) this is the most
0: money ever offered for Conor McGregor to fight anybody someone it doesn't matter whether it was UFC or boxing so do you expect McGregor to pull the plug and fight YouTuber Jake Paul
1: Uh, I think I I honestly McGregor has a really huge um uh ego so i feel like this call out video might actually get him to drop all the previous sponsors the contracts and whatever just to deal with jake i'm telling you like i'm not a big fan of of jake (laughs) or mcgregor but this video was the best call out video (laughs) i have ever seen (laughs) jake call out dana white which i was like damn Um, well it is funny
0: to me because like i know that jake paul even uh, put even more antics up because there's another video of him where he's throwing water balloons at Conor McGregor's jujitsu coach, Dylan Dennis It's, it's pretty funny. So you can go and check out the web and see that it's even very okay. childish, but he really wants all this. Right. And I who, gotta say,
1: look, who do you think going to win?
0: I would say McGregor, McGregor. Uh, hands McGregor's down. I going to
2: mop the floor. I mean, McGregor <laughs> went in hot
0: the first three rounds against, again, the best boxer of all times, whether you like him or not, Floyd Mayweather. And, i gotta Our remind people boxer
1: of his time okay jake but paul's only paul's fought twice right but i gotta now. remind people
0: the first <laughs> fight he defeated another youtuber it's not even a professional anybody it was Asan yeah. gibbs in january beat him in less than a round he's like crouching all weird and everything all <laughs> and i
1: know is hey you know what jake if you want to throw me 50 million dollars i'll box you I mean, oh
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know about that, Marissa. I, then I would have to throw my money towards Jake Paul. But all I know is I, I do want to see this fight. But I'm gonna find a way to bootleg it because there's no way I'm gonna be uh, paying for any of these Irish pricks to get any more dinero Ooh, than Irish they need. pricks? Oh yeah, okay. no, they are. I mean, they're a bunch of a douchebags. If you're, in if, there, my friend. If, if you're punching old people like McGregor does and Jake Paul with all his stupid antics, and remember, even last year where we even promised he was telling people, "You want to be financially successful like me." as a YouTuber, joined my program and nobody ended up going through. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> totally crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at this. We got an action-packed rant that just happened. <laughs> That's obviously been circulating. This is a big one because an audio recording of Tom Cruise yelling at crew members on the set of the latest Mission Impossible movie in London has gone viral. The actor who is also producing the film can be heard cussing up a storm at the crew for not following COVID-19 safety protocols so we're going to show you a snippet of this audio recording
5: you're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us because they believe in us and what we're doing I'm on the phone with every studio at night insurance companies producers producers And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it, and you too, and you too, and you. Don't you ever do it again.
0: I mean, it's, it's definitely explosive and more and more, uh, information has been coming out over the rant and reports indicate that Tom Cruise went ballistic when two crew members were not standing six feet apart from each other around a monitor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I first heard this, I mean, my whole thought was, I thought he was flipping out because someone's got their mask down. And you don't want to see a photo get released to the public because obviously it's a luxury right now to be working on a statured film like this one. Whether you don't like Tom Cruise or not, he is the Harrison Ford of Indiana Jones. So there's a lot on his mind right now. And as a producer, there's a lot on the line. So I feel like it is a luxury and there are thousands of people yes
1: have and work I, right I now love, because of this look, film i love that his um pr publicists were like immediately dropped and now tom cruise is dating his co-star yeah. or, forget about his rant <laughs> he's now dating his co-star tom <laughs> cruise without a line and a story they were just close to each other have a discussion say hey guys split apart they're adults they're not children and also you're a Scientologist you're not supposed to yell they detox your training for that so come on Tom Cruise you were yeah done.
0: I mean there's there's uh reports that now say that at least five crew members have chosen to walk away from the set and now you got another leaked photo of Tom Cruise wearing what CDC guidelines recommend not wearing this certain type of mask which is like a physical it's like a sports mask more than anything you know like yeah. with the the what do they call it the fuse I'm not calling it fuses well, but you know what I'm could talking have been about
1: wearing it he could have been wearing it because he was in the middle of a running scene because he does a lot of running and those masks are made for athletes so I will give that
0: but I have a hard time thinking that that, that mask for the ventilator was for the film but hey we got something big that's happening in the college world it's actually going to the the supreme courts this is pretty insane because for the first time in more than three decades the supreme court will hear a case involving the ncaa and what it means to be a college athlete the court's unusual expedition into sports law comes amid an increasing national battle between athletes and the schools they play for over player compensation On one side, the NCAA says, it's just trying to protect amateurism and to maintain a basic competitive equality between schools that play each other. On the other side, players argue that the top athletic teams are operating a system that acts as a classic restraint of trade in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. So Marissa, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, are college students now becoming employees? I thought they were students.
1: You know what? Uh, it is so confusing when it comes to athletes and sports and the money the schools make on it, not allowing students to make money on their own image brand when they can get hurt. Um, so, like, I mean, for me, it's all a confusion conglomeration on all of that. But hey, look, man, these students are the ones making this college money, they're making them money. So.
0: Yeah, I'm I get that. But let me I can I can really sum this in because I know last week, 60 Minutes reported that at least 30 universities have already cut almost 100 programs that include soccer, squash, golf and gymnastics and football powerhouse Clemson cut their men's track and field. Stanford's already eliminated 11 sports. And the reason they're saying this is. They're getting prepped because they feel like they're about to lose this battle in the Supreme Court. And they feel like with that revenue, that's what creates all the sports programs on their schools. So that's pretty insane. So I know the students will be honored their scholarship, even though they look at this, because this is hysterical. Um, the incoming first lady, Jill Biden, who has a doctorate in education, uses the title Doctor in her name. A Wall Street Journal column last week suggested she drop it, igniting a sexism controversy and former first ladies Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton jumped to her defense.
4: An op-ed in the Wall Street Journal pointed out that Joe Biden's wife, Dr. Jill Biden, isn't actually a real doctor. Sorry, she's not going to be treating your high blood pressure. Dr. Jill Biden has the very same degree as Dr. Bill Cosby does, which is one degree from Dr. Pepper.
0: <laughs> I mean that that sort of did make me laugh because I I have to kind of agree with that. that it kind of does make me laugh because I feel like when I was having my time in grad school and if I knew someone that had a PhD and they started walking around as like you know Dr. Myers I'd sort of laugh because you are in the field of television film and theater and I've always felt like we should come up with like a new front or just drop the doctor but I have to say it's really funny to see Tucker Carlson speak on this notion because I did agree with them on it but There are hypocrisies in his own show, and let's play the clip. Maybe in the same sense Dr. Pepper is.
4: Dr. Michael Wall is a senior writer at Space.com and author of Out There. He joins us tonight. Dr. Wall, thanks very much for coming on. Dr. Wilford Riley is an associate professor at Kentucky State University. is the author of the book Hate Crime Hoax. Dr. Roy Spencer is a meteorologist. Dr. Mendoza, thanks for coming on. Um, a pleasure to be with you. He's the author of the book The Boy Crisis and he joins us tonight. Uh, Dr. Farrell, thanks a lot for coming on. Dr. Frank Wright is the president of the D. James Kennedy Ministries and he joins us. Dr. Judith Curry, it is always great to see you. I hope you'll come back anytime. <laughs> Dr. Hansen, thank you very much uh, for coming on tonight. Dr. Alvita King is Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece. She's the director of Civil Rights for the Unborn and the author of the single best book on the Chinese question. And Dr. Pillsbury, we meet again, Dr. Gorka. Greetings. Great to see you both.
0: Jill <laughs> Which is funny because he has Love the niece it. of Dr. Martin Luther King on there. And you would think you'd drop the doctor from MLK if you have such a big problem with the Tucker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel conflicted. I mean, for I have no solution. I just have to say I do find it funny. I never found it sexism. It's unfortunate that the you know people just jump to the bandwagon on these. Wall Street oh, whoa, op-eds. whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, Chris, hold on! Before you say you, we don't think it's sexist, it's not the fact that um, Joseph was calling out Jill Biden for having doctor. The fact he called her a kiddo. She is a sixty-nine-year-old grandmother. You don't call oh, so no oh, so her. a kiddo. Oh, that's, that's the oh, misogyny. Oh, so you
0: have a different problem than what all the other people have been pissed about.
1: Oh, I'm mad so about that. So it's the, kid, I'm it's like, the kiddo.
0: I thought it was the doctor. So it's the kiddo. No,
1: it was the kiddo. Now here's my my thing is (laughs) as a child, I got confused a lot when someone was a doctor and they weren't actually a doctor. Cause I was like, when you're on a plane and someone needs a doctor, do you just jump up? (laughs) I am a doctor of theater. Oh, when I can't help you. So, I mean, there's a problem. There should be learned one, maybe in other words, but this is the words that we have now. Okay. So either get on in the AP, you're not going to be called a doctor. That's okay. But do not call someone a (laughs) female, especially a kiddo.
0: Well, we're going to eventually beat this god-awful virus, and I just can only imagine that, you know, President-elect Joe Biden's going to have this nice round table with all the physicians and doctors and medical practitioners celebrating, and then here comes Dr. Jill Biden. I just find it really funny. <laughs> I mean, you're going to see it, but we just want to let everybody know you are listening to the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. We're at the half-hour mark, so stick around because we got more left of this kick-ass season finale. All right. Our guest on Strike Accord is Nashville artist Brandon Lee Harris returning to the Chris Collins show millennial talk show. Here he comes in zooming in. How's it going, Brandon?
1: Oh, we're still waiting. There we are. There you are.
0: Hi. How you doing, my friend? Good. Happy Friday, y'all. I love what's good
6: is the best way of starting y'all's convos. Thank you for (laughs) bringing the what's good
0: Hey, you got to, you know, you know there's so much negativities, 24 uh, seven. So we all want to hear the, the positive movement, but we're actually kind of starting this off on a different note though, Brandon, I know you like the, what's good, but I know that you're back on the Chris Collins show millennial talk show with the brand new emotionally charged single called fireball. Mm. And I know this song in particular was written in collaboration with a friend of yours from Altadena, who recently passed away from a sudden brain cancer. So was yes, Fireball finished before the passing, or did you feel compelled to finish the track in their honor? You know, we finished the song
6: prior to their passing, and it was actually, honestly, over ten years ago that we we wrote it. Um, and and uh, but in in the midst of you know it being a year after he had passed away, you know, from that sudden brain cancer along with the just the spirit that the whole world's been in with this covid thing you know it just I, there was that the lyrics i felt like very much resonated with you know that that apocalyptic kind of a you know a perspective that we've i feel like been more familiar with than than prior to you know what this year has brought upon itself so I, it's it's been it's felt like a you know fair time to recognize uh, just the, the, the you know the, the powerful position everybody in the world is in, you know in decisions that we all make as communities and and how much I feel like you know we don't want, we don't want the world to go down like a fireball. so it's you know it's kind of just like a, an attempt to raise awareness and and, uh, and then also you know paying honor to Mr. Busby.
0: Well, you know, I, I, find it a fabulous song. I had no idea that it was written almost 10 years ago because there's a particular line in that track that stuck with me because it says who decided anyone could be above another man. If you can get high enough, then you'll see that we're all from one land. So tell us nothing. Now we know it all to me. Fireball is like a cry to God for taking the life of someone who died too young. Is that kind of the gist that you were trying to get at with this track? honestly uh, that didn't that that line was
6: you know collectively created by him and I so it was you know before he would have even known that there was he had any risk of cancer um, and and uh, you know I think the the inspiration of I, I kind of had started the idea musically and came into it with the tone lyrically of where I felt like this could go and he was great at Really creating the other half, I felt like you know, musically and lyrically, it was fun to collaborate. After you know, on the on the last episode that I was on, the Collins show, I I can't remember if I had mentioned that I was in that car wreck, you know, almost died back 15 years ago. and You know, it was just like no, you you
1: didn't mention
5: that.
6: No, No. you didn't. I I fell asleep at the wheel and hit a tree going 50, and like two week coma, and like it was like Vanderbilt helicopter flighted me, you know, back at like I was, it was crazy because. Uh, a month rehab inpatient and then a couple months outpatient but like uh, it was down I mean my heart was beating but I wasn't breathing and uh, you know so I think that there's just those maybe there's influence in fireball lyrically that were stemmed from you know just that that uh, you know the they're just the reality of how short life can be but then of course it was so applicable to now the fact that he's passed away you know and it's like uh, yeah just you know life can he he came and went like a fireball
0: yeah i mean because i i desperately want to believe that life after earth is real and i don't want the party to end when i die and i i know that's exactly how you (laughs) feel too but when i see someone with a severe disability or battling this god-awful brain cancer i mean i sometimes question god's plan i mean do you ever feel like you're hesitant to address this kind of stuff in your own music
6: Totally. I mean, and, and even honestly going through when I, when I went went through what I went through, at least close to dying, I was like, I found myself at a crossroads, not to sound cliche, but I was like, I was just like, okay, well, I kind of wish I was in heaven, but now I got to go, I got to get a job at Taco Bell here on earth, like, and do, <laughs> do all this earthly stuff. And like, but then I was like, Oh wait, I mean, instead of uh, like, uh, you know, uh, like not, instead of like seeking empathy, why don't I just celebrate the the fact that I've got this second chance? It's what an honor yeah. it is. Yeah. And like, and it's such a fun thing to celebrate to a level of dancing in my diaper at Bonnaroo or like, or on Venice beach, you know, just like, and just celebrating just, you know, the, maybe the, the ways that, you know, just the, just that, the the, the, every breath that we get, you know, it's so, it's amazing how many breaths we take in a day. And it's like, just nice to uh be able to share moments with with family and friends every you know it's so precious especially in these holidays you always you, you really you know appreciate the time Absol- that you have live on earth and
0: absolutely and let, let's let the your brand new emotionally charged track fireball speak for itself this song's called treasured customs
5: here as long as we can all agree every- Everybody come on in, support the necessary greed So tell us nothing now, we know Like a fireball going down Who decided anyone could be above another man? If you can get high enough Then you will see we're all from one land So tell us nothing now, we know it all We built the golden cow, they built a new wall Our time is running out, they placed a call Going down like a fireball Going down like a fire. Our time is running out, they placed a call Going down like a fireball Going down Or going down like a fireball will come here as long as we can all agree everybody come on and support the necessary
0: grief. that is brandon lee harris's brand new emotionally charged track that song is called fireball you can oh, list wow. it on all the audio streaming services around i mean it's really good and i mean
2: i, I mean you, you so kind of got fun. me in a weird
0: place right now um brandon because you're like i really love joining your show because you always started off on a what's good note well i'm not necessarily bringing you the good news right now because I, you know i'm sorry but Thank i did you. see this on wednesday which i did want to bring up with you because there is a new report from the nashville chamber of commerce yesterday shows how much the coronavirus affected the city's music industry that you're currently living in. And this is what they have to say. Of studio and performance musicians, 79.4% said they had experienced unemployment since March and 67.5% estimated their 2020 income will be at or below $36,000. That is a $10,000 dollar drop from last year's average so I wanted to throw this at you because uh let's say you know live concerts in America they won't begin at the start of 2022 not 21 2022 do you believe up and coming artists will be able to survive another year of not touring and performing
6: you know I I I feel like I you know I guess I've heard some dates that are booked at least for April or May but that those are in UK and I don't know if that's something that they at least plan and then worst case, they just pull the plug and like, yeah, like you're saying, even have to push it back even later. But at least in Nashville, I definitely haven't heard of, of, of when those, you know, venues, at least, at least independent venues will be able to open back up and running. Um, I know a lot of the alternate approaches that have been cool to see, like I know the five spot and third and lindsley they'll have like streaming you know concerts that you can definitely but tune those in those are like super
0: the- expensive like i know uh metalsucks.net they wrote a big uh live streaming breaking down the cost of what it's like for the band Underoath to perform at the observatory here in santa ana california it runs to the hundred thousands of dollars. I mean, you have to rent out the venue, then you got to rent out stage gear, which is another 20,000. Then you need to do the broadcasting live fee. That's another 30,000. I mean, this is money you don't have. I mean, I know that there's Mm -hmm. other apps around there called sessions. That's now trying to spark up that creativity to bring the live streaming events from, you know, the comfort of Brandon Lee Harris's home. But I mean, Do you, do you feel like this could be very devastating because i'm I'm a little scared but do you have confidence that the Nashville music industry will make that comeback after all this mayhem's over yeah
6: I, I have to say yes definitely because of how much history you know and how deeply rooted it is in the city you know and 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 even even more it I, I'm trying to look at it with a glass half full definitely of I think it's gonna inevitably create inspiration uh, you know, musically and lyrically i'm sure in ways that you know wouldn't have existed prior to going through such a you know uh uh unordinary event but right uh, um and, yeah, but, I yeah, no, but i know you were mentioning thing
0: yeah but i know you were mentioned earlier like obviously i don't want to not you know not stop being a musician i want to start working at taco bell <laughs> you know and i hope that's not what you do to get your creative juices Props going to but all this...
6: mexi makers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, and I've actually, I'm, I've been studying coding on the
0: side and you know, I got accepted to Nashville. See, I was going to ask you April, that. So, okay. Oh
1: my gosh, congratulations. Is, is that That's such, awesome.
0: Is that something, computer Thanks. coding, is it's, that something that you're doing when, you know, obviously every musician goes through a funk, you know, obviously during lockdown and you have no ideas to get sparked. So is computer coding like your new thing now that uh, creates that creative spark? It's, you know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, uh,
6: outlet that feels very relevant to you know the times and also creatively you know it's fun to have it's there's been a lot of parallels with recording I feel like too and you know making a song is like making a website you know or something like whether Mm. it's uh, html css or javascript Um, is css of course is a little more of the style styling you know so it's kind of fun to think of you know just trying to even you know get my head around how to uh you know let your taste be seen through with within a in a language of its own you know but I guess I, I a lot of musicians that I've known are uh have been into coding for a while or are in wow. it or getting into it and it's fun to see how that that uh at least is uh but you know it's cool how open of a uh I've been a Amazed on how many resources online there are that are free and accessible to everybody. Like, it's cool how if you have any kind of computer access, you know, to the internet, you can, you know, really Code Academy, uh, Treehouse. Um, uh,
0: what's the other? uh I know Ashton Sharpen, Kutcher has yeah. one that he's been promoting like crazy. And I i mean, when oh, I look really? at you, you were kind of like the last person I would have ever thought about computer coding. But I mean, we want to play have enough time so we can play you one of your other tracks. I love this music video that you have. It's it's so you, man. It's, it's such a good one. This song's called Handful of Dreams. track that is brandon lee harris that's his song handful of dreams and one of these days i'm gonna make you tap that, that out because i want to know how to play it okay i love that melody <laughs> yes. i can rock, I can rock any baby. Dot com. <laughs> what what site Coming to you soon at guitartabs.com. Yeah, well, right. guitar
1: right, guitar yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's his new, that's what he's coding.
0: Yeah, that's what he's been coding this that's whole time. That's what he's coding. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but while we got it, like one more last minute with you, I do want to ask this question because uh, I've noticed with the themes of your music videos, you're very into film noirs. And when I think of film noirs, I think of the Maltese Falcon. I think of Psycho. I mean, what mood do you want to bring to your listening audience or the viewing audience on a level uh, with these music videos? Well, how do you want them to feel? And
6: is, you know, I'm taking notes here. I got to see Maltese Falcon cause I haven't seen <laughs> that. And I'm doing these black and whites like that. Definitely. Noir. I, I guess I, I I like the simplicity of the black and whites. And I, I always have to give props to Chris Isaac wicked game, seeing that oh, as a teenager, I love that and song. I those, like one, yeah, you know, as a teen and you see that and you're like, and the, what a, what a, a what a lush song to you know like combine that you know the romantic element of course but like i just love yeah that that uh there's a hats off to the old school cats you know and the, the tradition before color even existed in video oh yeah man it's uh I'm trying to think of well any it makes
0: special. you feel like i guess when you're listening to black and white you don't have to listen you don't have to pay attention so much to the visual it's more like making you focus in on the music, and I feel like that's what I get from your music videos. But again, I want to remind the listening audience that this is our featured Strike Accord artist, Brandon Lee Harris, joining us for the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. I want to thank you again, brother, and I hope you have much success and happy holidays during this uh, wonderful break, my friend. Thank you so thank much, you. y'all.
1: Happy holidays. Good to see y'all. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays, and we'll keep in touch, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. You know what? I do want to spend this last two minutes to give a huge shout out to everybody, a part of the Chris Collins show millennial talk show, especially my family. Uh, You know, these people are so incredible and I wanted to really end off the season finale, really highlighting a bunch of things because, you know, since March, almost 10 months ago, we have worked our tails off to deliver our show to a listening and viewing audience. I mean, one of the biggest moves that Marissa and I had to make was deciding to leave 22S radio station. And we went into what we call a bunker Zoom. (laughs) You know, like a live video streaming version of our show. And
1: and FYI, we were one of the first radio show um to actually do this right away Uh, other people started jumping the bandwagon just wanted to. i mean we've
0: been always a video on air production we brought that to 22 west and it was a really easy transition to us to make this happen via the zoom world and we continue to perfect it and i thought this is very cool and i want to give a shout out to all the fans that have been supporting us for the last month or last month, the last year, <laughs> like last, two last, years, that's it. I mean, just this <laughs> oh, year, of yeah, no 20, <laughs> this year of 2020 is pretty incredible because we've released over 1,778 minutes worth of content on YouTube alone, which is insane. And our millennial vote 2020 episode was viewed over 24,000 times, which wow. is just beyond that's incredible. So and much. this would have never happened This success would have never happened without my CCS family, all the members that have helped make this show possible because they believe in the same idea. I mean, there's too many talking heads in the media trying to speak for Mm -hmm. us as if we're a piece of recycled news and we're here to break the mold. And I'm so glad to have a lot of passionate mindset people on my team. So kudos to all of you. And I want to say we're going to be taking a holiday break and we're going to return in the new year. But also stay tuned in the new year because the CCS, we're creating our own podcast that's going to be coming out. It's going to be called the Off the Fret Podcast, which will feature up-and-coming music artists and topics about the music industry. And also check out our Music Storms Part 1 and Part 2, which will repeat over the next two weeks during our regularly scheduled showtime. And thank you all for supporting our show. And I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and Happy Hanukkah. And the new year. So Marissa and I were signing out, and
1: oh, I like the. Kids. I have a meow meow. It's a Christmas meow
5: meow. <laughs>
0: But I mean, same to you, Marissa. I mean, kudos to you. I mean, you've been an amazing sidekick all this. And I know this hasn't Aww, been easy for you, you to make Chris. the transition from studio to
1: now controlling it's hard everything with from a laptop. toddler. a hey, legit. Right? My toddler's <laughs> banging on the door like as we speak because I lock her outside. Let me out. She's like Well, said, well, we're, it's running over to-
0: well <laughs> we're running overtime. Well, we're running overtime. And I know you got to get back to family. But again. Thank you so much to the listening and viewing audience for so much. And we're going to be coming back stronger than ever in 2021. But for now, I'm Chris Collins and you're Marissa Pitts, right? You're Marissa Pitts, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to troll you. (laughs) I'm out, fam. Peace.
1: Ciao, bellas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.
2: Let me try, be honest, I'm not used to this I tell lies to avoid having to be honest They don't come... Easily broken, and so you guard it close. Came a long way, but still got far to go. <laughs>